0: now from the Sunbury Motor Studio here's Steve Jones alright today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury you can go to purdyinsurance.com auto home, life, business insurance they have it all, they'll do everything they can to save you money, customer service means everything to them and Part of that may be bundles. They'll update policies. Customer service means everything to them. Everything, which is really, it's so important. And that's why they're the best in the business. It is Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Our play-by-play call of the day. Get it in. Yep. Quinterly. Pass it off. Reese. Reese. Ein Eagle with the call last night on TBS. Alex Reese with the three. Here's the here's the shock to that play. Quinterly gave the ball up. All right, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> holy mackerel, he does not give the ball up. My goodness, uh, but it's interesting. that Reese hit the three because last year, last season. Penn State played Alabama here. Now, and you're trying to keep an eye on Petty. Yeah, Petty was, yeah, he's all right. Shackelford was, eh, yeah, okay. You know, Jones didn't really do much of anything in the game, and they it's still like Kyra Lewis at that point, who ended up being a first-round pick. Say, Kyra Lewis. So you're going through this. You know, Dick and I are doing the scatter report of the game. Like, yeah, Lewis is an NBA talent. Petty's a really good shooter. Jones is tough inside, especially defensively. You know, Shackelford has become an X-factor for him. They were bringing him off the bench last year. And then we got to Reese, and they go, well, you know what? Reese is a good player, but, you know, one thing, he's not really a great outside shooter, which he's not. And then he comes into the Penn State game. Bang, bang, he starts hitting threes. Two of us are looking like, look, we looked at the tapes. We know. Well, that's the only shot he hit in the game last night, you know, was that three. It was the only shot he hit in the game. Great shot. All right. The new basketball coach of the Nittany Lions is Micah Shrewsbury. I had a chance to talk with him last Thursday and welcome him to Penn State and to Happy Valley.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's uh, It's been a great few days being here, and, and I couldn't wait to get here, and you know everything that I've heard has met and exceeded my expectations.
0: Obviously, when you're in a position that you have been in, with the career you have been in, the opportunity is going to open to be a head coach. You have to make a decision as to what is the right fit for you. In the end, why was Penn State the right fit for Micah Shrewsbury to become the head basketball coach?
2: You know, I, I think it starts from, you know, the top down. And, you know, having the chance to, to talk with Dr. Barron, um, having the chance to talk with Sandy, uh, Lynn, just everyone in the, in the athletic administration that I met with and talked with, you know, it there was just a good feeling about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a people person, and this place is full of great people. And state college is full of great people, and that was really attractive to me. And but you can also do things here that you know, being a place that that has great academics, um, you can get a great education here. But they also strive for excellence in a lot of different areas and a lot of sports. And that's what I want this program to be. You know, I want a great student athlete experience for our guys, where. You know, what they're doing and what they're learning off the court is matched by what they're doing on the court. And we wanna compete and we wanna compete in the best league and we wanna be one of the last teams playing from this league.
0: Obviously along the way, coaches have to move. I mean you were obviously a butler, Purdue, the Celtics back to Purdue. Which means Molly and the children have had to move. Which means, in the end, they have to look around and say, "Yeah, we want to go to state college." What was the reaction like within the family when you had a chance to talk to Molly and your children about the opportunity to move here and do this job?
2: Yeah, this was definitely a family decision, and you know, but they were really excited. They know that <clears throat> you know they've been a big part of this in, in every move that we've made. You know, Molly's a, a rock star um, because she she does the heavy lifting during these times when you know i'm away and starting a new job and she closes the chapter on the page you know the book before and now she helps to move on so the kids were they were pumped as can be Um, and you know it's a hard transition my oldest my oldest son has moved you know a lot of places and now he's in his high school years and Halfway through his high school uh, career, you know he's going to up and move to a new school. But he's excited. Uh, my other son is excited. My daughters, you know, are, are great and loving. And you know, I'm so happy for them to, you know, come to a new campus to learn more. Like be in this college environment, and that's a big part of us being so excited here. That there's so much to do here on this campus. Um, but. They're fired up, and if if they weren't fired up, then that probably would be a negative for me. Uh, But they were fired up, and that makes this transition really easy.
0: It's interesting that James Franklin and you both have the experience of working at the highest level. James was with an iconic franchise with the Green Bay Packers at one point in his career. You obviously were with an iconic franchise with the Boston Celtics in your career for several seasons. At some point, you have to make a decision as to you know what what am I am I a pro coach or a college coach? What is it about you that makes you gravitate toward the college game, even though you did have a great experience in the pro game?
2: Yeah, it, it's you know it's a unique feeling, and I get that question all the time. Uh, it, it really comes down to uh, I'm a relational guy, and you know here on on the college campus, you get a chance to recruit a kid when he's 15, 16, 17, 18 years old and get to know he and his family. Um, And now you get a chance to get the baton from that family and push him through his formative years of college and really send him off into the world and prepare him for that. But, you know, you get a kick out of those guys coming back, you know, those guys bringing their families back when they're older, you know, pointing out the things where they lived, where they used to eat, their favorite spots on campus, um, pointing out the things that they've done, you know, the the banners that we hope to raise. Like, that's what I get a, a huge joy out of, and, and that's what I want to see, and that's what you get, you know, at the college level. Uh, but I also want my kids to grow up, you know. My, my boys got a chance to see guys at the highest level um, as basketball players. But being on the college campus, it allows them to see the highest level of educators, to see the highest level of scientists, you know, to see the highest level of theater and art, dance, whatever it may be. And I want them to have that whole experience, um, besides just basketball, besides just athletics. And you get that here on, on the college campus. And that's really important to me. And it's really important to me in recruiting, um, But I want to help, you know, our guys experience that, but also give them my knowledge from the highest level of how to help them get there.
0: Michael, along the way, anybody that's successful in a a business probably has a mentor or mentors that help them along the way. I could give you a list of three guys right away in my play-by-play career that uh, uh, to this day I still draw upon as mentors. Brad Stevens and Matt Painter obviously are two guys that fall into place for you. What did you pick? You have to be Micah Shrewsbury in the end. But what did you pick up along the way from Brad Stevens that you incorporate into what you do? What did you pick up from Matt Painter that you incorporate in how you go about your business?
2: You know what? The the two of those guys are about as similar as it gets um, in personality style. Uh, But the the major thing from those two is who they are as people. Um, And and that's, you know, something that, that I've always done in my life, but something I want to emulate from those two is, is just how they treat people, how they go about their business every day, just striving to be the best that they can be, but also doing things the right way. And, you know, Brad showed me, um, you know, everything about how to really, dig in and prepare for a season, how to prepare for an opponent. Um, He's the best that I've ever been around in knowing everything about what we're going to do, knowing everything about the upcoming game, the upcoming situations, reading things two or three plays at a time. Um, He prepares and there's no stone unturned when he's preparing. And those are things that I've picked up from him. You know, I, I was fortunate to work with him for, for 10 years. And, and I feel like, you know, by osmosis, you should be able to learn that much <laughs> from him. But, you know, Matt Painter is, is like, I, I owe a lot to Coach Painter. Uh, you know, he, he brought me back to Purdue for for two years. And he really kind of opened up the doors to the entire program. And allowed me to see everything that he did, every decision that he would make, um, everything that went into running a successful program uh, in this conference and across the country, and the stability that he has, uh, the the low ego that he has. You know, he he opened the doors and, and showed me what to do. You know, he opened himself up and showed me the mistakes he made and talked about that. And, you know, he he tells it all the time, you know, you don't have to go down the same path and make these same mistakes when somebody else has already made them. So being true to yourself, being true to your core and your gut, like those are huge things that I picked up from Coach Painter.
0: Following up on that, Micah, part of that low uh, ego is he handed you the clipboard. Okay to draw offense as the offensive coordinator. So I'm going to do this in two parts here. You did a lot of defensive work for Brad with the Celtics, which meant you had to come up with defensive concepts against NBA offensive teams, which means you had to prepare for them. How much did that help you in coming up with offensive concepts on this level because you had to defend it on the next level?
2: It, It really helped a lot, Um just being able to watch for for six years, you know, in in Boston. You have a great feel for what your own team is doing. But then as you prepare more and more for other teams, you just get a chance to see what they do, what's successful. You know, there's 30 great coaches in the NBA. And I would just fill notebooks upon notebooks of things that I saw, things that I liked, things that I thought could work at the NBA level that could transition to the college level and you know i i just filled up notebooks all that i could of of things that um you know i I thought would be a good fit and now you move on and you get an opportunity to put those into action and like you said coach coach was the best He, he allowed me to do a lot offensively um stay within you know i stayed within our system but you know, at timeouts or end of games, you know, trying to figure out how people would guard us, you know, what they did, what their weaknesses were, how to attack those, and really come up with, you know, a specific play or a game plan to, you know, help us be as effective as we could. And seeing everything, like, it took a little bit of time. You know, I admit coming back to college was different, and I had to figure out, you know, small things offensively about about spacing, about cutting, about movement. And once you know, we kind of got that down. Once I got a chance to get a little more comfortable in it, then I think you know we really kind of tried to take off and um, had some success. So you know, when you prepare, you know, nobody has a LeBron James, nobody, <laughs> nobody has a Steph Curry. Uh, but when you you know play against people like that and you prepare for them, and you have to uh, figure it out. You know, you can try and tweak things um, and make it fit your team the best you can, and, and that's what I want to do. I want to be able to fit, put our guys in the right spot to be successful.
0: Micah Shrewsbury, the head basketball coach of the Nittany Lions. That Leon in the final half hour, great to have you with us as we continue Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070, WKOK.
3: Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As the days get warmer, our attention turns to home improvements and even starting a new business. Remember, you can't expect the unexpected. Protect yourself, your family, your business with insurance from Purdy Insurance. We're independent and local, and we'll find the right insurance to fit your needs. Give Purdy Insurance a call at 570 286 5855. Send us an email or go to our website at purdyinsurance.com to see what we can do for you.
0: Six nothing run, nine to three stretch. Smith up high, ah, yes. How about that kid? He can seize the moment. Jim Nance, Bill Raftery. I'm going to guess that was Mike Smith's drive to the bucket by
3: Michigan, right? That is correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah he's been terrific it's interesting because he's had to change his game because when he played against Penn State when he was at Columbia uh, he was really a scorer I mean he was a 20 point a game guy when he was at Columbia he had to be now with Michigan he is the distributor and he's done a fabulous job in that role while still having the ability to score that is, uh, and that's big. But he was a scorer when he was at Columbia. That's so, why, you know, I watch these games. I don't think the vast majority of people like watch this, these games and have no idea that some of the people have come through and played games in the Jordan Center. And I'm watching Oregon last night. There's Eric Williams out there for Oregon, he played against Penn State at Duquesne. Eugene O'Maruri, he played against Penn State when he was at Rutgers. I mean, you know, I'm watching all the Alabama guys. They came in here last year, and I talked about Oscar, the late Oscar Freyer last week. And you know, the, as I said, Brad Nestler, you know, he did his last game. I did his second game. His first ever double figure game was in the Jordan Center. But yeah, there are a lot because of transfers. There are guys all over the place that play here. Matt and Leon, next half hour, we're going to get into the Eagles trade. It's now they're drafting 12. Um, Expect Matt to echo our Matt. The lack of confidence in the organization that they can do something with this.
3: In the draft, yes, but and maybe I can play this a little later if you want I have the audio of Dan Orlosky's thoughts on what the Eagles could do now in terms of maybe trying to test the waters with Russell Wilson
0: Russell Wilson
3: really would you like to hear what he had to say
0: sure this will be very entertaining
2: well, Dan Orlovsky, I feel like they did what you were recommending last week that they do, which is give Hertz a shot for the season. Sure. They bring in a seasoned backup in Joe Flacco, who, you know, that, he figures to play that role nicely. And now they trade back out of six, they start stockpiling picks, and they start rebuilding the team. That was verbatim what you said last week you thought
1: they should do.
3: Yeah, 100 percent, Greeny. But I also think what transpired Friday puts them into the Russell Wilson conversation for the now and the future. Okay, this is a bad football team, so I like the fact that they're not making panic decisions, but the reality is they now have a young quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and probably four first-round picks over the next two seasons, this year and next year. So if you, they, and we know that they've sniffed around Deshaun Watson, if you have sniffed around Deshaun Watson, you for sure better be sniffing around Russell Wilson. And now this at least gives Philadelphia two options. They can one, figure out what they have in Jalen Hurts, We've I've said that for weeks now, or two, they can go, we've got Jalen Hurts to Seattle, and you could take our four first round picks over the next two years and give us Russell Wilson if he's willing to come to our organization.
0: It's inventive. (laughs) Russell Wilson Wilson can approve trades. He's not approving a trade to come to Philadelphia.
3: That is my thought. But it's worth the try, but I don't think he would come here because the Eagles have very similar issues to Seattle. (laughs) Worse. Yes, if not worse, for the offensive line right now. Yeah.
0: He thought he was running for his life in Seattle. If I were him, I'd hit the treadmill because if he's coming to Philadelphia, he's going to be sprinting on every play. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Purdy Insurance. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Today's show brought to you by Party Insurance. Market Street and Somebody Go to PartyInsurance.com. How about this lineup? Auto, Home, Life, Business. They'll save you money wherever they can. Bundles. And it will always update because they are the pros' pros when it comes to insurance. Great people, too. It's all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Care routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Great time to deal, too. By the way, golf reopened today in England after months of closures. After various waves of COVID-19 lockdowns, thousands of players couldn't wait to get their push carts back onto the fairways. This is all part of the United Kingdom's Rule of Six, in which six people from two different households can meet in public with several outdoor sports allowed to continue. The rules are just being eased now as part of the first stage in planned reopenings. Golf in Scotland, by the way, has remained open since May of last year. Golf is slated to reopen in Northern Ireland Thursday. Golf in the Republic of Ireland remains closed until further notice. British Open is still scheduled for July 15th to the 18th at Royal St. George's in Sandwich, which is in Kent, England. All right. Now don't set up that trip to go overseas and play golf just yet. They're not they're not accepting you. Um We found that out because we tried to ship you know who out of the country. All right, so um <laughs> I thought it was a worthy attempt. I really didn't. Let's bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Hello, sir. Good
1: to be with you. All
0: right. So the Eagles go from 6 to 12, but they pick up another number one along the way. They have three first-round draft picks. What was your thought on the deal?
1: Um, I was surprised. I, th- I think based just based on quality of what you got back, I think it's a good trade. But the caveat, and you mentioned three first-round picks next year. I don't trust the people making the selection, so I think it's a good deal on its face. Yes, you would you you would get an elite pick at six, almost can't miss. Uh, more chance for a for a miss at twelve, but this is a team that that needs a lot of talent. So having multiple first-rounders. Uh, the following year uh, could be incredibly beneficial. But as I mentioned, this is a team that's drafted terribly for the last four, five, six years. So uh, not a lot of confidence that regardless of how good a trade is, the return on investment won't be up to par. Uh,
0: Are you surprised, let's see, Joe Judge from the Giants came here, Mike Tomlin from the Steelers came here. The Eagles sent a scout. Uh, but Nick Sirianni didn't come here. Are you surprised he didn't come up here for Pro Day last um, Thursday? I mean, it, he doesn't oh. he doesn't necessarily have to. I just, I'm asking if you're surprised.
1: Yeah, and it's hard to say how different teams are handling stuff like that, especially still in the midst of a pandemic. Certain teams might have protocol, stuff like that. So, me personally, I don't read too much into that, uh, what it means, who they like, they don't like, or if I'm yeah. necessarily surprised.
0: Yeah, no. I was just wondering, just because it's a relatively short trip, uh, and
1: also we don't know, you know, with Sirianni, we don't know how he handles. We don't have a body of work to judge it against. So,
0: right, and it's, you know, look, and he's not the guy making the pick. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Is uh, your thought changed on what the Eagles might do with the pick because it's twelve instead of six?
1: I. I personally think it needs to be best player available. Me personally, with the exception of quarterback, I think it's very possible they go quarterback. But, you know, you look at this roster, and we've talked about this, they've got maybe four or five guys, you know, below the age of 30 that you really point to and say those guys are pieces we can build around. So I'm taking whoever's the highest-rated player, you know, almost regardless of the position. Uh, I personally would put quarterback, though. I'm not going out of my way to take a quarterback there. I'm not taking – because I really want to see what Jalen Hurts can do. And right, wrong, or indifferent, they just brought in Joe Flacco. And I can't imagine that they bring Joe Flacco in to be a number three. I can't imagine Joe Flacco would come here if there was any thought he was going to be the number three. So if they were to take a quarterback – at 12, that would mean that, once again, they're taking a high pick on a guy who, if all goes well, should not contribute right away, and they desperately need people to contribute right away.
0: The way this draft seems to potentially be playing out, there may not be a quarterback at 12.
1: Yeah, no, it's very possible, and it probably might save them from themselves. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they need impact people. They need impact players. So I, it really doesn't matter to me what position the guy plays. Whatever, whoever has the highest grade that's on the board, I'm taking them.
0: All right. So let me bring this into play. You look at mock drafts. Mock drafts, as you and I know, mean nothing. But it is, this is what the value of a mock draft is. You click onto it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the value of the mock draft. You click onto it. But I saw one where they talk about Micah Parsons. Would, could Micah Parsons fit what they want to do?
1: Oh, I think yeah, absolutely. I think they're really kind of an open book right now. Um now they've new defensive coordinator, that's gonna change the scheme. Not that familiar with what this guy's gonna want to do. So but once again, if Micah Parsons is the highest, I'm taking him. I'm taking the guy that can make the impact right away. They need people they can plug in that can play day one. No more getting cute. No more we projected this guy. No more we're a quarterback factory. We need players that can play right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get to the Sixers. Sixers made the deal to get George Hill. Uh, George Hill, to his credit, has more jerseys in his closet than they have at the Naismith Hall of Fame. But, okay, what what did you think about the deal getting George Hill as another piece to the puzzle?
1: Oh, I think it's a great ball handler guy that can quarterback the second unit. Um, I think really what they needed. I know there's a lot of Kyle Lowry talk and Kyle Lowry, you know, great player obviously on the downside. Uh if what they were talking about, they'd have to give up. I think the Sixers made the right move not jumping at that I know you you know when you got a chance to to win you you have to sometimes mortgage the future but I thought that it was absurd what the uh, Raptors reportedly wanted so uh, I think it's a nice pickup it lengthens the bench you know uh, once they get Embiid back and I was just reading it sounds like uh, in a couple of games uh, they're hoping to have Joel Embiid back uh, you know they're going to be a tough out and I think adding George Hill just uh, makes them tougher
0: and they're not going to get Hill right away either, because Hill what hurt his thumb back in January. Yeah, but but he's it close. Like, but, but he's close.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like if I read the, the article correctly, Doc Rivers is kind of expecting. I think he said we should have our, our regular rotation in a couple of games. So it sounds like him and Embiid might be on the same timeline.
0: I I, I think they're the favorite in the East. And I, I and I, think, I agree. And based on what what's happening in Los Angeles, I think the West now becomes an open book.
1: Yeah, no, I, it's very much there for them. Very much there for them. And I think it's very much there for them the way they were constructed. I mean, Kyle Lowry would have been nice, but I don't think I would be very surprised if when this is all over, we look back and go, "Man, if they'd only gotten Kyle Lowry, they would have gotten over the hump." I don't, I don't think that will be. If they don't win, that would be the reason. So, you know, it's all going to come down is Embiid healthy? I think if they can get him out there in the playoffs, thirty-five minutes a game, at the level he's playing at this year, they're really, really tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about really, really tough. Villanova is obviously a tough out for Baylor. Here's the oddity: it's the first time all season Villanova lost a game with leading at halftime.
1: Yeah, and, and you could you could watch that and you, and the first couple minutes of the second half, you could. I had a bad feeling because Baylor really came out got a couple of easy baskets and downhill start yeah you could really start to feel it uh term. but this you know I say this knowing full well that he's won two national championships very well may have been Jay Wright's best coaching job <laughs> when you oh. look at what they had had to overcome not to remember injury wise and also remember they were shut down for close to a month i know from like christmas to the end of january that's a long time, even I know other teams have faced challenge. But to, to overcome that, overcome the injuries they overcome to get to the Sweet 16 and lead one of the, the, one of the number one seeds at the half, you know, that's really impressive.
0: You know, it's interesting that it is easy when a team wins. Oh, what a great coaching job. Mm-hmm. You and I both know because we're around it every day. That sometimes the best coaching jobs are sometimes done where the record isn't as great or the advancement in the tournament isn't as long.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. So I think this was Jay did something special this year.
0: I think so too. Always great to have you with us, sir. Always a pleasure. Opening day for the Phillies. Do they break 90 wins?
1: Uh, right around there. I don't know if I say break ninety, but they'll. I in. I think they're in contention for a wild card.
0: Yeah, because that's my two year total for the Pirates. All right. So thanks so much.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> the Pirates might be a little better than that.
3: Eh, you're not pushing it. <sighs> Man, honestly, you're not.
0: I mean, they're almost. It's almost like they're trying to lose.
3: Yeah, it's embarrassing on the western side of the state.
0: It's not like they are completely devoid of talent. Like Brian Hayes is a really fabulous prospect. Reynolds' kid can bounce back. He's a good player. Newman's not bad. He's a good major league player. Um,
3: let's
0: see. Oh, Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier is...
3: Yeah, but he'll be a- dealt at the deadline probably. So you see him yeah, in the first he- half of the year.
0: I agree with that. No, he's a candidate for that. Then they'll get prospects in return. They'll tell us how great the prospects are, and the prospects will then go into the witness protection program, (laughs) never never to be seen again. (laughs) It happens over and over and over and over.
3: Or they'll get good. Then the team will get cheap again and send them off and start the whole process again. Either way.
0: No, I mean it's it, that's what really strikes me about these trades. We got prospects and the vast majority never pan out. That's why you made the deal? I roll the dice and I got prospects and I'm looking around saying, "Okay, where are they now?" And nobody knows. We even have somebody on staff to track the guy. Still don't know where he is. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with uh, more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. Actually, put that number on a post it note on the suit's desk. All right, um, what? Just trying to help. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, So the NCAA tournament resumes tonight. Is the opportunity to get to the Final Four tonight. Two winners will do just that. They will get to the Final Four this evening. Houston is playing uh, in one matchup against Oregon State. First team to 60 wins. And then the other one is, uh, is that Baylor-Arkansas tonight?
3: It is, yes.
0: Arkansas yeah. funny. No, <laughs> good No, God! No, God! No, God! Doug's enunciation is outstanding F-O-U-L-E-D That spells falta. One of these days I'm going to have him doing one S-U-I-T <laughs> Spells
3: <laughs> Yes, huh? we need him to huh? do that Absolutely
0: huh? Absolutely, oh yeah and that will be a constant recurring theme <laughs> over and over again. Did you see the forecast for this week? They're talking about some snow showers coming Yeah, this coming is up a weird Thursday. week.
3: Yeah, 65 yeah, you... tomorrow, then we go back to snow, and then we slowly kind of get back up.
0: April Fool's Day, man. Totally. What the heck? That is bizarro world. Wow. It's stupid. It's the weather. It's it's almost like the climate changes every day. Maybe we should call it something. What should we call it? How about climate change? <laughs> climate, changes oh boy. <laughs> climate changes every day. The climate changes every Oh, day. Don't make fun of it. No, it's my show. <laughs> it's going to be... 65 tomorrow and 25 for a low on Thursday. <laughs> it seems to me like it's changing. In fact, Friday's going to be 28 for a low. 25 for a low on Thursday. My goodness. And we finally get it back into the mid 60s next week. Yeah, that's a good thing. Looks like Easter 63, Monday 64. Yeah. 63 Tuesday, 64 Wednesday. 104 on Thursday. That's kind of dramatic. Oh, wait a minute. That's the, that's the forecast for Dubai.
3: Sorry. <laughs> so just a bit outside.
0: I mean, when I'm getting something that says wintercast, snowfall expected late Wednesday. so I'm like, what? What are we doing here? Bizarre. Oh, yeah. So, there you are. So, those games are tonight. Um, Arkansas, can they beat Baylor? Yeah. They just can't fall behind by double digits. If they fall behind double digits to Baylor, it's not the equivalent of falling behind double digits to Oral Roberts. Because, I mean, Baylor brings three outstanding three point shooters to the table. But Baylor also showed me something the other day. When the three-pointers weren't falling, they changed tactics and played downhill basketball. And they got themselves back into the game doing that. Impressive. In the other game tonight, I think points are at a premium. Houston is not a good offensive team. And, uh, but, they, but you're saying, well, they're not a good offensive team. Why? They win a lot of games. They're a terrific defensive team. So that's why I think points are going to be at a premium tonight. And for Oregon State, that's been one of their keys getting to this point. Let's be honest about it. Most of the games in this tournament have not featured great offense. I thought eventually Michigan played some great offense yesterday. Gonzaga has played great offense the entire time. You realize Gonzaga has won 26 straight games by double digits?
3: And that was a definition of a clinic over the weekend. Played great. They couldn't miss. It was unbelievable.
0: Played great. They they are uh, they are willing passers. And you can and they have great options. For those willing passers to choose. Kitzburt's fabulous. Uh, Suggs is really good. Drew Timmy. who had a whale of a game over the weekend. They're just playing great. And when people start talking about their, not, their conference schedule, it is true. But keep in mind that Mark Few understands what his conference schedule is. That's why his non-conference schedule... I mean, look at the teams they played in the non-conference schedule. I mean, and they have one of them canceled. They were, spo- they were actually supposed to play Baylor during the regular season. It got canceled because of COVID. But... You look at the lineup of teams they played in the non-con. Whoa. And he does that. He'll play other people in the non-con because, look, you got to be smart. You look around and say, guess what? I may know St. Mary's is pretty good. I may know BYU is pretty good, but the rest of the country doesn't know it. It's one of those, I feel like I'm picking on Indiana, but. It's one of those like hey you beat indiana 88 to 70 it's a good win for you you beat byu 88 to 70 it's like yeah you're expected to beat byu and byu is a lot better than indiana it's just you know the way it is brand names they mean something
3: well I is getting one of their brethren back
0: uh he is a very good coach but he's going to have to have people on there that can really recruit because he has never recruited in his career. Doesn't mean he can't, but he never has. Can he coach? Yes. But in this sport, it's a lot about the Jimmys and the Joes and not just the X's and O's.